Our gospel reading for today is one of the more famous and one of the more important passages in scripture, even if it is the one of the more uncomfortable scenes in our biblical canon. Poor Peter, who only verses ago was the first to name Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God, takes Jesus aside to rebuke him for predicting his imminent suffering, rejection, and death only to be rebuked by Jesus in return and told to get in line. Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Get behind me, Satan. Now, in my experience, Satan is not a name or a thing that we hear a lot about in the Episcopal Church or talk a lot about. But it is here, plain as day, in our reading. And even while it may may make us feel a little bit uncomfortable, Peter and Jesus' interaction served and serves an important function for Peter and for us. Jesus calls Peter Satan because Peter was acting in the traditional sense, the ancient meaning of the word. That is to say, he was acting as an accuser, as an adversary to God. He was opposing and trying to obstruct the will of God, the plan of God for this world. He was setting his mind upon, placing his hopes in, and advocating for the things of this world rather than for the things of God. And as uncomfortable as this exchange is, and as much as I would prefer not to think of Jesus as someone who rebukes another and calls another Satan, Jesus' rebuke serves to jolt Peter out of everything that he thinks he knows about our world and about salvation. And in so doing, Jesus jolts us out of our preconceived notions about the world and about salvation. Because I would venture to guess that each of us has been, at some point in our lives, Peter. I, for one, know that I am Peter any time I want Jesus or God on my own terms. Any time I want God to conform to my ideas of who God should be and what God should be doing in this world. Any time I try to make God in my own image, just as Peter tried to rebuke him into his own image. Remember, Peter wanted a warrior Messiah, a ruler like King David, who would come in and unite the Jewish people around his cause and save them all from the Roman Empire. But instead, Peter encounters a Messiah who openly announces that he will endure rejection by the Jewish leaders, undergo great suffering, and be killed by the same Roman Empire that Peter was hoping that he would destroy. It is no wonder, then, that Peter gives Jesus a piece of his mind. It's what I would do. Pull Jesus aside and rebuke him in the hopes that he could see that there is another way any other way. But Jesus knows, he knows, that there is no other way. Because he knows that violence begets violence. Hatred begets hatred, 
War begets war. But he also knows that grace begets grace. Forgiveness begets forgiveness and love, sacrificial love, begets sacrificial love. If any want to become my followers, he says, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. Jesus's actions in this world, his life, his sacrifice, his death, and his resurrection, his love, stand as a witness and as a call for us to deny ourselves, to take up our crosses, and to follow Christ to that cross once again this Lent. And so today we are invited to spend time thinking about and praying about what that actually looks like for us in the year 2024 in Decatur, Alabama, in our homes and in our offices and in our schools and in our community. Our gospel reading invites us to consider how we might be Peter, how we might oppose God and God's will for our world, and then deny those earthly things, those earthly longings that keep us from fully following Christ to the cross. How have we opposed God's will of forgiveness in our lives by not extending forgiveness to another or by not accepting the forgiveness offered to us? How have we obstructed God's will of mercy in this world by seeking after or demanding revenge or vengeance? How have we opposed God's will of love in this world by hanging on to hatred in our hearts and in our minds? How have we opposed God's will of reconciliation and unity in this world by maintaining the status quo and othering anyone who looks different or thinks different or believes different from us? We are invited to name all of the ways we have opposed and obstructed the will of God in our world. Turn away from and deny those human earthly tendencies in ourselves and in the world, and instead take up the divine cross of Christ. That cross whose yoke is easy and whose burden is light. The cross of forgiveness, mercy, love, reconciliation. That cross which leads to death, yes, but which also leads to everlasting and abundant life. That cross which asks everything from us, but which gives us the whole of our lives in return. The cross where death and resurrection are inextricably intertwined. So let us this Lent deny ourselves once again, take up our cross, and fall in line behind Peter and behind Jesus, our Messiah, and follow them once more to that cross. 
knowing that we will come out on the other side a new people, a holier people, a resurrected people. Amen.